were gonna say I miss you so much I can't stand it. That's not what you were gonna say. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was. I was doing this because I was crying and I was trying to hold back the tears. But, um... Here's the thing. When you said I, for a second I just felt like you were gonna say I miss you and then I realized I was projecting. And while I started talking over you, which you know I love to do, um... What? That never happens. <laughs> then I also kind of heard you say I joined a cult. So... Oh, no. A dance class. Yes. Um, and, uh, it was tonight and I don't know how I'm going to get out of the basement tonight because my thighs hurt so much. <laughs> like I'm pretty much going to have to like crawl up the stairs at work tomorrow morning. Guaranteed. <laughs> it's a bad sign if they're already hurting the, the, like within moments. Of oh, they are like complete jello. But yes, so I did that. So that feels good for the body and soul. And tomorrow I'm getting my hair done. And Wednesday, my girlfriend and I, Sam, are supposed to go see Canada's drag race at the drive-in in Montreal. Is that going to happen anymore? I have no idea because no one's allowed to hang out with anybody. And But it's in a drive-in, which means we come in our car and we park outside. That's true. And you're theoretically part of the same house. Carload? Car car. car Car hold. Car hold. Yeah. Car hold. Car load. Car thing. Stuff. I was supposed to do a show last night at the Comedy Nest and I got an email saying, hey, due to logistical something or other, the show is postponed to next Sunday. Can you do that? And I okay. said, yeah, for sure. No problem. And then today I found out that every, that's not happening. All right. Before I forget, I have to put a, put a pull out. I need to put out a formal apology. <laughs> About, call, about calling fantasy football stupid. Oh my god. Did someone get mad at you? Did we get hate mail? Oh my god, are we getting death threats? Please, <laughs> we're that famous. Tell me we are. No, we're not. Oh, what? No. But I may have hurt some friends' feelings. Oh. Or, or I maybe um, realized just how crazy starting a stripper, fantasy stripper league was. And maybe the whole football thing wasn't that crazy what? what who has been getting into your head i'm not i'm not leaving you unsupervised anymore this is ridiculous what are you okay. talking about that maybe a fantasy stripper league is not such a good idea i didn't say not a good idea i said that it's a crazy idea that i can't judge fantasy football league because i have a crazy idea for a stripper league wow did someone actually teach you what a football fantasy whatever thing is um, my friend Sam kind of explained it. She said her and her, her ex used to do it. And she said she'd have to go to the bar and be bored out of her mind. And she had to learn everything. But Ew. Well, the cool yeah. thing about stripper leagues is there's not a lot to learn. <laughs> no. Exactly. Did you like it? Um, today's guest is somebody that I have known for, I don't know how long, that I've known personally for at least eight years, but have known of for quite some time because she was, well, he was one of the first drag kings in Montreal. What? I know, we're so lucky. Not King Cole was one of the first. One of the first. And he is known as Montreal's Panty Whisperer. Whisper. Montreal's Panty Whisperer. And it's been, uh, you know, dripping sex appeal onto stages throughout Canada and the United States for eight 
15 years. You know what's really cool about Nat too? A lot of drag kings and queens either just dance to music or lip sync and Nat King Poole actually sings the song. She not only sings them, but rewrites them and sings them live. All right, I know it's almost Nat's bedtime, so we should get on with this. I'm 58, you know, I mean, let's get this show on the road here. So Nat King Poole. What, are we on? <laughs> are we on? <laughs> For our listeners who don't know who you are, although I'm sure that's impossible, but just in case, there's like somebody's mom who hasn't heard of you. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you started dragging? Accidentally. That's how I do most things, <laughs> actually. Uh, I just wanted to sing uh, at the event that was called the Meow Mix. Way, way back in the day there, youngsters. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just wanted to sing and uh, they did not want that kind of thing. They wanted something more vaudeville. You couldn't just sing. So, But then uh, I saw a drag queen up there singing and I thought, okay, I can do that. So I just slapped on a mustache and found a way to sing that way. And I thought, well, that, maybe that'll be boring. So maybe I'll change the lyrics to the to the song to make it funny and and I thought it was going to be a once-off, and um, they called me back and back and back, and I just developed the character over time, trying to make them more interesting, and here we are 18 years later. What year was that? 2002, I believe. That's probably around, the first time I ever saw Drag King live was in the early 2000s, and it was Bob Lobla. Yeah, there was Bob, and there was um, Weasel. Oh but yeah, they, they were doing it, I believe, as a one character, and they were doing other characters also. It, I don't think that that's all they did, if I'm not mistaken, at the time. Yeah, I'm not sure about. I don't know if Skid was doing other stuff besides blah blah blah. Probably she did lots of performing and art stuff. Yeah. And Alexis O'Hara, who. Uh, plays Guizzo. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, she does all kinds of amazing kinds of performance art and stuff that is very different from that, like all kinds of musical. Right. She does like crafty art installments and all kinds of cool stuff. Um, Alexis or Guizzo was the first drag king that I actually worked with. Because mm -hmm. uh, I, when I, the first burlesque show I did, Guizzo was the MC. So, okay. Yeah, early 2000s. So would it have been like just the three of you then or were there other drag kings on the scene? I don't think there were others. Um, and they they were my idols. And those two, I just loved what they did. I didn't even realize that what the name for it was. And uh, for some reason, I remember Miriam, who was the, the, the organizer of this event, when I asked her if I was to put on a mustache, would she then let me sing? She got all excited and said, uh, we don't have a drag king community in Montreal and there's one in all the other big cities. So she got super excited about that. So I don't know why being the third, why that somehow made a difference. Like, like it was going to start something, but it actually did. So I don't know how that happened, but they started coming out of the woodwork after that. So what do you 
find is different? Like, were there changes that happened? The more drag kings that came along, did you find like there was sort of some changes of how, what that meant to be a drag king or did it stay pretty steady for a while or what did that look like? Well, I remember the members of the Dukes of Drag um, coming up and asking me if I wanted to be a, a part of them. And I, I said, I, I wouldn't mind like as a guest that I would like to work with them and not, but not necessarily be in a troop all the time because I found that that was a lot of work to get practices together and get everybody together at the same time. And their thing was very theatrical and um, which was reminiscent of vaudeville and stuff, kind of like it also. And, but as drag kinging has evolved, I find it's getting more, there's a lot more makeup involved than there ever was. And it's, it's almost like it's becoming very similar to what the drag queens are doing. Very glamorous, uh, bigger than life. It, it's going away from vaudeville. I noticed that some of the, well, a lot of the younger drag kings now are literally airbrushing on like abs mm -hmm. and pecs and like the defined facial features and right. They look almost like cartoon characters. There's so it's like a lot, a lot of makeup and special effects go into it now. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's it's more artsy, I guess. Uh, probably Megan can also relate to this because when we first started doing burlesque, it was similar, very vaudevillian vibe, and like cabaret, campy stuff, cardboard props and stuff like. Yeah, that. exactly. <laughs> And then at, at, at a certain point, there was sort of a shift in Montreal in the scene and it started looking a lot more like a Las Vegas fashion show. And it was more about how many Swarovski crystals you had on your gown and stuff like, you know, so it, it was kind of a strange adjustment because I think like part of the fun of burlesque was sort of like it was understood we weren't really making any money doing it so you're not gonna have yeah you're not gonna have the best costume out there yeah. <laughs> you're not just pulling whatever's in your closet out and being like eh let's try this let's glue some shiny stuff to this and if I wear it upside down it kind of looks like a snake costume like that <laughs> can I ask a question about about uh you guys your, your thing burlesque because uh, I know that in drag, I think the shift came because of RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, and you I think so? I think so. And I'm wondering in your field where you think the shift came from, from Dollar Star Glamour to, <laughs> <laughs> to I can't afford this and it's on my credit card glamour, you know? Yeah. I don't know. There was, um, I don't. There, there was, oh man, I might edit this out, but I'm going to say it out loud right now. <laughs> when, when Scarlett James started the Montreal Burlesque Festival. Yeah, I was um, thinking the same thing. She had a certain aesthetic that was very, um, I don't know how to explain it, but she was having her costumes custom made for her, like very elaborate and beautiful, but, you know, had that sort of almost Vegas like showgirl quality about the costumes. And I feel like a lot of the performers then felt that they needed to emulate that in order to get into the festival. And yeah. it started getting showier and showier. I mean, it's not only, 
it's not only here in Montreal. I think there's sort of a festival culture as well. I think it, it probably happened in a lot of places all around the same time. I can only speak for like here, but I just remember a huge shift then. Yeah, I think like probably the last year that was like possible for us to get into um, a festival was probably the Vermont Burlesque Festival when it first, first started. Because I mean, I think the only headliner at that point was Scarlett James, maybe? Like for costume, like very glitzy wise, you know, compared yeah. to, yeah, I don't know. And, and then I think you also had the Montreal sex show coming more. So you had Roxy Delight that was starting to perform there. And then um, what's that other, it's like, um, oh, I can't remember. I think it was, um, is it uh, Lexi that hosts, um, it's like a club night or something like that. Oh, Quebec City, isn't it? Yeah. I'm trying to think what it's called. Uh, yeah, yeah. Drag, no, it's not drag moi. Anyways, but I think it's like the more that it gets, you know, popular and then videos are on YouTube, it's just easier to research and everything. And then you're, yeah, it just kind of. If you're putting on a big festival like that, it's really expensive. So you need sponsors. And to get corporate sponsors, you have to make it look like something that they're going to take seriously and that they're going to be drawn to. So if you have, you know, a bunch of girls wearing Dollarama costumes, <laughs> you know, with like cardboard props and stuff like that, it's a little harder to sell, I think, to a big, to a corporate organization as far as uh, getting cash dollars in as well. You're right. But what I find really sad, it's happening in drag, it's happening to you guys, it's happening in the music industry, is that creativity is gone because you have a formula to follow to make it or to get into that door and everyone's got to fit the formula and you've just killed creativity. Mm. I do remember, and I don't want to knock it too much because Megan and I talked about this on the last episode with Penny Royale, but um, I do remember also in sort of something else happening around the same time or shortly thereafter, which is not as big and as glamorous and as expensive, but like, at one point there was this big wave of burlesque performers that showed up and just sort of do what I refer to as like a licenza fashion show. So basically they just come out in a top hat or something, do a sexy dance and strip into like what basically looks like street underwear, like not even, it's almost like the, the polar opposite of the fashion, the Las Vegas thing. <laughs> and it was just like so many performers came out and decided that they could do burlesque too and that it was just stripping which I you know yes essentially you know it is stripping and originally it was strippers but on both ends of the spectrum there was the I mean at least the Vegas showgirl is kind of fascinating to watch because the mm-hmm. costumes are very elaborate but yeah. you're right a lot of those acts lack any sort of originality it's really just about taking off one piece after the other and then on the other end yeah, the girls who just come out in, like, pants and a blazer. Oh, I'm so manly. And, like, take it off. And surprise, I'm wearing my bra. Like, and it was like, but what's the act? Like, yeah. what, what are you doing, though? Because that's something you do for your boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're trying to tell a story, at least, when you're on stage. You have your persona, and you got to tell it within, you know, a few minutes on stage. So, it is yeah. called the art of stripping. Yeah. But 
And Nat, I think it's, speaking of having a story, like I think what's super cool about your character too is that you do sort of, he spans out, you've done old pole with the walker and everything and you've done like sort of a fun job of like parodying like the younger Nat King pole who's very sexy and, or the panty whisperer as people call him, <laughs> <laughs> where that's believable. And all the way to like becoming just like the, the, the menopausal, the real thing. <laughs> With the balls hanging out of the beach shorts and just like, yeah. Still thinks he's got it though. <laughs> yeah, still thinks he's got it, exactly. So I think that's really fun that you were able to embrace sort of as a whole, you know, the span of his existence, his life. I hope you have the answer to this because I don't and I want it. <laughs> for myself <laughs> but like in a scene that's ever changing like that and ever evolving where people get used to like really the eye candy and it's they're not you know you know and I don't just think it's on stage I, th I think we see a society right now that has a short attention span that wants something flashy like even if it's on social media or something do you find it challenging to stay relevant yep I don't know I'm just I don't know if it's COVID or what but I'm really, really considering not going back to performing, and I don't know if it's because I don't feel relevant, I don't know if it's because I don't give a shit anymore about anything, it's hard not to be depressed in these circumstances, uh, I don't know if it's because I'm going through a creative dry spell, I don't know what it is, but I've challenged, challenged, channeled my... <laughs> my creativity into something else these days. I'm writing a kid's book uh, about my cat who's got cerebular hypoplasia. And I'm also writing a book about my work. So that's where, that's where I'm going right now. And that's pretty much all I'm thinking about. So, but is that because I'm not relevant or is it because it's the end of the road? I don't know. And it's hard to know anything in the circumstances that we are now. I think we're only going to know when we get back to normal. If whatever normal is. Yeah. That's the only time I'm going to know if it's really over or if it's just because of what's going on, you know. Mm -hmm. But I have not felt creative in that way. And, and for me, my favorite thing was to make people laugh. And I don't feel like laughing right now. So <laughs> really hard to, you know. But at least you're channeling, you know, you're still being creative, like you said, working on a book. Yeah, well, that'll never, I don't think that'll ever go away. Mm -hmm. I think it's just who I am. I'm creative in one way or another, but it'll just go in a different direction. But I do miss laughing and making people laugh. Yeah. I really miss that. And I was hoping with all this time that I would do stuff online. But I'm just, I've got writer's block. And I was thinking of wearing my big vagina costume to the cleaners and asking if he would like to clean that for me. But, you know, everything's closed. So can you put that online? Your dick pic video is amazing. I show so many people. Thank you for that. It makes, like, it makes everybody's day. And then everybody basically says the same thing I do. I cannot listen to the original song. <laughs> Or because you just end up singing. And then I went and spoiled it all by sending something stupid like a dick pic. I went to see my mom in her gated community in Florida a few years ago. And she's like, 
has all her friends gathered and wants me to sing. And I can't remember the original lyrics and I can, cannot <laughs> sing the ones I wrote. That's just <laughs> so that was a bit of a, an embarrassing moment there. Like, I've got the lyrics, mom, because I really don't remember them. Stage fright. <laughs> yeah. I'm super excited that you're writing that. I think that's amazing. And I read your a draft of one of your stories, which was really fun. But that having been said, I really hope that you actually do find the inspiration to do some stuff online because you have created some videos that are, aside from the dick pic one, like so funny that I have laughed so hard. And you have the, your cooking... Your, your cooking tutorials. That you yeah, I don't even do that on purpose. I'm really that dumb in the kitchen. <laughs> but you're funny. And I can't remember what that one was that you, you posted with the phone when you were outside. You'd bought a phone at a thrift store. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really funny. So I hope that you find the um, inspiration because I also, obviously, I think a lot of performers are trying to figure out how to have it translate on social media or online somehow to still be able to entertain the masses. And I really want to do that. I just don't have any ideas. I'm always blown away when you post something. I'm like, where did that come from? Where, why? <laughs> where in her brain did she pull that out from? When I'm trying to sleep and I have insomnia, that's when. <laughs> <laughs> that's the trick, Jen. Yeah. That's the trick. What about you, Megan? Do you feel like, um, I don't like because I have felt alternating feelings of why am I doing comedy or music or entertaining people? What, like, what's the point even? Like, life's like the world is just cruddy. Like, I need to take life more seriously. Why, why am I doing this? What, you know? And then I'll have days where I'm like, because everything's so crappy, like, you need to bring joy into people's lives. And I kind of waffle back and forth from those two things. Have you had moments where you're just like, what, why am I even doing this? Yeah, or not even just questioning that, just not doing it. And then, you know, a week goes by and you're like, wow, I didn't create anything. I didn't do anything. I didn't think about it. And then you're like, was it that bad? Is it bad that I'm not feeling guilty? You know, it, it's like one of those flip-flopping. And then it's just finding the balance between doing it more for yourself now, you know, because you can only count on yourself. You don't have the audience to perform for you don't have the you know the energy in the room so you have to count on yourself to kind of make it through whatever you want to do whether it's writing or sewing or if that makes sense mm -hmm. yeah. a lot of sense it's hard to produce something and not getting any immediate feedback very hard yeah sometimes i'll i'll, I'll do stuff and i'll go well that's not funny because you know you're not getting any feedback and i was like no that wasn't funny and then i watch it i and and then I that is funny. <laughs> it's yeah. almost like I'm watching someone else. I find it funny when I watch it, not when I'm doing it. But yeah, we need the feedback for sure. Yeah, Megan and I don't have that problem actually. We we record these podcasts and then we listen to them ten times and we just text each other. How um, hilarious we are! Wow, we're so good. We're so funny. Like I can't even. Let's love us. <laughs> How do people drive listening to this podcast? They must drive right into the ditch from laughing so hard. Oh. I don't know why our numbers aren't higher. They must be all listening to it together. Yeah, it's like a Zoom thing that they do, probably. Zoom yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's probably. 
So when you started drag, were you immediately not King Pole or? Uh, I, I think so. Yeah. 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 And how did you come up with the name? Like just. I don't remember ever not being not King Pole, but I was just because when I decided that I was going to do this, this drag persona, I was in the house at the time I was married, I was in the house. And I'm going, okay, I want to keep my real name, which is Nat. And I'm like, okay, Nat, and then I'm drag king, Nat king. And then the wife yelled out, pole! I was like, that's perfect. <laughs> Does it feel weird to you? I've noticed that like some, not, not super recently, but in the last like couple of years, that some like newbie drag kings, I'm calling them newbies because they're not as old as us. <laughs> I sort of claimed that they were the, you know, the um, the pioneers of the neo drag revolution <laughs> in Montreal. Do you does that like? Are you like, oh, that's so cute? They think they started this, or are you like, you're so annoying? Like, do your research, you little shits. Um, I think it's a a bit of both. Kind of like when a kid says, "Oh, I love this song. It's so awesome," and it's, and and they think it's new, and it's like dude that came out in 1960 you know <laughs> they think it's a new song you know so i guess every young person does that i must have done it myself so in that way it's funny but in another way it's annoying i guess i don't know, probably vanity man i gotta be i gotta be straight up it's probably vanity you want to everybody wants to feel like they left a mark mm-hmm. you know you did something important and here you open this can of beans or the, you, you start this community and nobody gives a shit or remembers <laughs> but yeah i have felt that i don't feel that anymore now i just don't care i'm on to other things but i have felt that and do you think you put like who puts more pressure on like artists or creative people is it ourselves or is it like the industry you think mm, i guess it's it depends on each individual yeah, because I have always been the one to set my goals and what I want to do, and it doesn't matter what anyone else. It's I set the goals, and then I if I don't achieve what I've set, then I'm upset. Okay. But yeah, I remember when I was singing, just singing to sing, like in a band. I had a band when I was in my twenties, and uh, some guy came up and said you know i can make you a star and you know i can do this and that for you and he had all these plans big plans and i said no thank you and he was like what what do you mean i'm like i don't want to be famous i just want to do this and go home be (laughs) happy yeah i was like no that's not my goal and so i have a goal that that's as far as i want to go and that's it i remember doing drag i was like I did, I did set the bar higher with every little thing, but I started out, I just want to do this. If I can do the Meow Mix stage, I'll be happy. Then I did that for a little while and I said, oh, maybe I, I could do this. And then I, I started going, you know what? It would be awesome if I got to Philadelphia. And, <laughs> and then, you know, I ended up going to Philadelphia and Boston and this and that. But, and then it just reached a point where I said, okay, I've done enough. That's it. You also had your own, like, pr- pretty much one man show. You had your one yeah, show, the whole I, show. I, I did three of them. Yeah. In the 18 years. Yeah, I did three one man shows. That was another thing that I really wanted to do. Got that done and we're good. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs>
<laughs> I wanted to do a video like like the, exactly the way I had imagined it. And that was the dick pic one. I, that is probably the one thing that I'm the happiest about. And I wish I could do more of that, but it's very expensive. Mm. You know, it's out of my own pocket. And, uh, you know, and the girl that helped me put it together is amazing. She gave me an amazing price for friends, uh, but it's still five, 600 bucks to do a video. And, you know, it should be two, three grand, but I got off with 500 bucks, which is amazing, but I still don't have 500 bucks to throw around every few months. You know, yeah. that's what I would do. I heard that that super hot chick that did a quick. I was just yeah, about to get to that. <laughs> I heard she I, did it for free though. So I don't know what you did for her that made it worth her while, but that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I didn't pay her though. I didn't give her her cut, I have to say. But she did get the dick pic. So <laughs> that's payment enough right there. And she's probably a really big star now. Like yeah, someone yeah. probably saw her in the video and. She does podcasts and shit. And does yeah, she's like living the life. I'm only going to put the link to that video in our show notes so everyone can go see how good looking she is. Like, yeah, the and disgusted she looks when she gets the dick pic. Yeah, her face when your dick pic arrives on her. For those who haven't caught on yet, Jen <laughs> is the woman who receives the dick pic. What? Don't spoil the surprise. <laughs> So send me your send me your emails if you want to pick. Uh. <laughs> we do encourage our listeners to reach out to our guests, and I can't think of a better incentive for them to do that than to receive <laughs> dick pics. Ask not for dick pics. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, what other podcast would do that? That's it. You want dick pics? We got dick pics. <laughs> And hanging balls. (laughs) I want to, so I told you not before that um, in the beginning, Megan and I were discussing and for sure in the first episode, like, do you have to be crazy to be creative or are all creative people kind of crazy? And I want to know what you think about that. Um, Well, obviously if we're the ones that create that are crazy, we don't think we're crazy because crazy people don't think they're crazy. <laughs> you follow me there? So, um, it let's, let's just say that in my gang of friends growing up, I would have been the one to do the stupid thing or the, you know, to, to dress up and play a character and go into a store and pretend this character was for real and they'd be out outside laughing you know that would be me so I guess yes <laughs> and I mean, every person I've read about that's famous or whatever has had some kind of quirk oh is so. that what we're calling them quirks okay that's I like that that's friendly that's gentle. Yeah, we sound we sound cute when it, we call it quirks <laughs> yeah I don't obsessively write everything down every day in my agenda and go over it five times and check it off with all different colored pens and stick a different sticker next to every single one because I have OCD. It's because I have quirks. I'm quirky. I see. Okay. (laughs) Well, listen, I was raised by an OCD mother, so there's no fucking way I'm getting away from that. (laughs) I am OCD in the sense that everything is in its place in my apartment. Um, but I'm nowhere near as kooky as my mother. She doesn't listen to this podcast, so 
she, I can say, she's, <laughs> she's off the deep end as far as OCD. Okay, but I want to add to that just as more backup for our case. Your mom was a famous country. There you go. <laughs> for quite some time, touring all over the place, and she is a very creative woman. I guess so. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she can make your point totally. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, have not. I know you're crazy, and I've seen your apartment, and I know that that is. I don't know how severe your mom's OCD is, but if you're saying she's way worse, <laughs> oh, way worse, way worse. But also, I do get points, well, I, I have a very small apartment. Things have to be in their place. Yeah, I've been to your other apartments, not, and that, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> this has nothing to do with the size of your current apartment. <laughs> okay. So give us a crazy and a creative that you remember most recently. <sighs> Coming onto this podcast. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> She has regrets about it. it. Doesn't mean it's crazy, Megan. This is true. It's it's just oh, whatever quirks. <laughs> no, no, seriously. I can, wow, it's been a while. Come to think of it, because I can't even think of anything. Um, well, it's not that recent, but but this is the kind of stuff I do like on a daily basis. When you were talking about the telephone, see, I'm into vintage stuff. I collect vintage things for my apartment, so I bought a a, a rotary phone. And uh, I was just walking around the street with it. So I decided to start pretending that it was a new cell phone that I bought. <laughs> and I'm actually talking to someone. And I'm like, I bought the phone like you told me to. And like, uh, no, I don't have Facebook. I don't understand. Where, where's this Facebook thing supposed to be? And people are looking at me kind of weird like is this for real or <laughs> that's the kind of shit I like to do on a regular basis like to have I like to look at people and that are wondering if it's for real or not <laughs> you know, when I play characters and stuff like that I'll do that especially at Halloween I love to do that you know go out and and they're not sure is that a costume or is that for real like because <laughs> right. I I don't just wear the costume I play the part you know <laughs> So that I do a lot. I've been doing that for ages. Just go to hockey games. We used to go to hockey games way back in Laval there, and I would dress up every week as some stupid character and <laughs> pretend I was a fan at the game, and my friends would be doubled over. <laughs> That's amazing. And I'm looking at them like I don't know them, you know. <laughs> what about you, Jen? Uh, I think my crazy and creative are the same thing again this, this uh, week. And that is that, um, as you know, I have a bit of an agenda problem, a bit of a list problem. <laughs> and um, I was having a really hard time lately accomplishing all the things on my list because it's got like five days worth of stuff on it for each individual day. <laughs> so I gave myself a talking to and I wrote in my morning pages, uh, you know, about what I need to do to inspire myself. And so I was like, this sounds like a great idea. This is the thing, this is what it, this is going to get me to the next level of my living my truth. So I went to Michael's and I bought a huge canvas. It's a few feet long. And I started a collage of magazine clippings. I feel like I sound like a serial killer, but just hear me out. Well, I was going to say like, you know, a teenager in, in high school or whatever, cutting out. Yes. No, that's much more accurate. Thank you. Teen Vogue and... Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's just like pictures of, 
of me, like, like all yeah. over. just pictures of Nat. And I was like, yeah. if I just look at this every day, <laughs> remind myself to go all the way, like like Nat does. Now I just started cutting out pictures of stuff that made me feel like it represented like where I wanted to be in life and like a vision board of sorts. And um, I started working on it, and then partway through, I was like, what am like, what am I literally going to hang this over my desk and stare at it and be like, Jen, remember your goals. You want to be this hot fitness model. Remember? Like, I don't, I don't even know. I don't know what to do with it anymore. And it's not finished. And, um, I'm, I fear that it won't actually inspire me to get my to-do list done. It might just remind me every day. Not done. Check. Yes, honey. Yes. If anything, just put a, a checkbox and then put a check right in the middle of it. <laughs> Got this done. <laughs> what about you, Megan? Well, my creative was um, to add more things to my plate. I'm going to learn how to read tea leaves. And um, I bought oracle cards. And I'm just feeling my witchy self as the autumn goes on. And I'm really excited about it. Autumn brings the witch out in everyone. I love that. Yeah, so I'm really excited. I've organized my Tupperware. <laughs> That's something creative that I did. Or crazy. I opened a cupboard. None of it falls on me like it used to when I was married and I used to have a fucking fifth but <laughs> Now I just all in size, covers <laughs> on one side. It's great. Um, That's creative. <clears throat> sure, or it's OCD. Um, <laughs> and then... <laughs> And then my crazy, it's only crazy because I, because I told Jen about this and now anytime I eat fries, I think of Jen thinking about how crazy I am because I don't eat pointy fries. Like I will divide my fries, <laughs> I will divide my fries and I will not eat the pointy fries. And so ever since Jen has judged me very hardcore about that, anytime, way to go, I, Jen, way to go. <laughs> anytime I eat fries now, I'm just like, oh. I, I want to almost take a picture and send it to Jen. Be like, look at all these pointy fries. Okay. That's my crazy. It is crazy. There's nothing yeah. crazy. Look, wait, no, wait. Well, let Nat be the judge. Hang on. Not eating your pointy fries. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Not eating your pointy fries, but just using them to decorate the plate on which the fries you did eat used to be. Crazy or creative? I stand by my crazy. <laughs> I stand by my crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, hypothetically, if someone you knew that may or may not be me, but I will not confirm or deny, <laughs> has to show enormous restraint every time someone texts her not to do a Photoshop collage and send that as the response to that person, no matter how mundane the question is, is that crazy or creative? That's funny. <laughs> Because that's how I'm going to answer my next text from you. Uh, one more. Um, if you, not if you, is this crazy or creative? Painting the door, the knobs of your kitchen cupboards. I see what's coming. <laughs> using a twister game as a tablecloth for your table and then making your wall clock into a twister game. So turning your entire kitchen into a 3D living twister game, crazy or creative? Totally creative. <laughs> <laughs> living in the 70s, 
totally creative. <laughs> now you have to send us pictures of your um, kitchen so Megan can see, but also Please. so that everyone who listens to this episode can see it. I'll send you a video of my <laughs> bubblegum machine and my popcorn machine. And your new cell phone, your rotary cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> Please, yes. <laughs> Um, thank you so much, Nat, for being here and bearing with us tonight. And uh, before yeah, we it's end way it, past my bedtime now. Don't pretend it's not. It's, that's can't. not the point. The thing is, there's a hockey game right now. So let's wrap this up, right? Nat! <laughs> <laughs> is that true? Yes, it is. And it's the Stanley Cup that might be won tonight. You okay. gave up the I did this for you. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Well, didn't I feel so guilty trying to wrap this up early? Maybe we should just keep going. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> no, that's crazy. You want to see crazy? <laughs> I'm going to show you crazy. <laughs> Nat, where can listeners find you on social media? Natkingpool.com. They can find me on Facebook uh, and a little bit on Instagram, but my cat's on there more than I am on Instagram. So look for <laughs> Whoopalai. <laughs> we plug him there. Yeah, and also not, I didn't even get into this. I just really want to know why Whoopi isn't famous yet because. That's what I'm wondering, but I'm working on it as soon as this book comes out. Megan, this cat has the cutest nose you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. He's so cute. Send us a picture of the cat nose, yes, too. I will put all your social media links in our show notes so people can hook you up and hit you up for their personalized dick pic. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Nat. Thanks, Nat. So I just got a message on Facebook and it says Nat King Pole sent a photo. Whoopalize dick pic. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so good. No. <laughs> okay, we have to I can't I'm not gonna recover from this anytime. This is this is just it's brilliant. <laughs>